Hey guys, welcome back to D&G uh, Discussions, where we talk about all your animation needs. Hi Jack. Hi. Uh, we, we've already tried to record this podcast. Just yeah, to, um, we, we, we recorded, did this yeah. once. We recorded it a few month. weeks ago. It was like a month ago at this point. Yeah, <laughs> and it was down to lack of effort from both of us and us both being a bit dead inside. Um, but now we're back, and today we're talking about Korra, book one and book two. Um, the Legend of Korra, the sorry. Um, the, the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, which yeah. um, we'll probably go into with a little detail later on. But yes, hi Jack. So, hi. How's life, Richard? It's alright. I'm excited, but for other reasons. Anyway, um, so, Korra. Out of us two, I would argue you're probably the bigger fan of Korra, but like... Yes. Out of us two, I probably watched it first, even though that... Oh yeah, you definitely watched it first. I didn't watch it until 2014. Yeah. Um, you watched it as it was airing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm definitely the bigger fan, because controversial opinions... I prefer it to The Last Airbender. Um. <laughs> I, 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 I prefer The Last Airbender, but for, for reasons, it's not just... I, I like them both... I won't say I like them both equally, because they're both different in different ways. Yeah. But structurally, I prefer the structure of The Last Airbender to Korra. Mm-hmm. But that's the only real reason I like Avatar better than Korra. They both have nostalgia their... does play a, play a role, I'd say. I'm not really much of it's strange to say I'm not yes, much of a nostalgic person but like yeah the only thing that I it get does. really nostalgic <laughs> over is Star Wars uh, yeah I was about to say yeah. you are a nostalgic person yeah, don't even try up, that just, you're not just bring, just bring up Star Wars at any time and I'll start mm. screaming uh, <laughs> and but, it's the same maybe not to the same extent but it's definitely you probably hold Avatar to quite a high place in your mind uh, <coughs> yes. I don't because, well, I don't hold the the original series to that high place because I didn't like it when I was growing up, yeah. which is very strange to me. But I just never. You're I've just never like you're just up. like, why do a bold kid and why do like this annoying girl and like this stupid idiot no, and like I... these firebenders try to burn everything down? God, no, I just I just <laughs> never. I think I probably never sat down to watch it in order. Yeah. And it was a bit boring when I you, did you not just know kept what was on getting on. the repeats of the uh, yeah. Great Divide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof. Oof. But yeah, uh, and, like, the only time I started liking it is like in 2012 ish, where there were some reruns, and I saw like the Chibi Schoolyard. Co- uh, Wait, that was one that was played on like actual Nickelodeon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw those there, and I was like, "This is fun. I like." Yeah, this. I, I, they were they were like on the box set, so that's the, how I saw them. But yeah, uh-huh. um, but yeah, getting on to Cora before we go on a massive tangent. Um, so we're gonna start off with book one. Uh, yeah, this this there's gonna be like three episodes of Cora, by the way, because we we did this before and we. Tried to speak about everything in one hour, and, it and we got work. to about one hour fifty three minutes of us just Screaming. rambling. <laughs> so, so, and I think that's why the audio sort of fucked up on it. Yeah, it was so long. So that's fine. We'll Cora do it again. Book one. Um, you know my opinions on this. I think 
probably besides book three, it's my favourite. Yeah. Um, partially because I think as a standalone single season, which it was originally planned to be, yeah, it was very it strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. I I'm trying to think. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's of the four. It's my least favourite. I'd say. Not saying that it's bad in any case, because I fucking love this show, but I prefer the other seasons. Mm. Uh, it the show only gets better from here in my eyes. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, of course, I I can't. It's not a show that you can go. Not a show for me anyway, where I can go any particular season is just bad. Like none of them are yeah. just bad. That some seasons have more issues than others, but mm-hmm. in reality, they're all. Very very strong seasons. Um, yeah, there, there's some there's some writing issues here and there. There's some oh, animation yeah. issues mean, ev- here and there. There's, like it, like it, it has, has the standard. Issues. It has its standard run of the mill mm-hmm. cartoon issues ran by a Western commercial animation studio that is making animation particularly aimed at children. When yeah. this series is pushing to be the the slightly darker, edgier version mm-hmm. of Avatar, the last Airbender one in reality, they both, I would argue, kind of the same in darkness. Uh, but Korra definitely mm. does have a few darker elements in the sense yeah, that it's I more think... willing to explore those. Yeah, um, I think tone overall, Korra's much darker in tone because it's there's more less moments. Yeah, there's less moments that are just there for kicks or light-heartedness, yeah. in my eyes, anyway. Cause, but, uh, then, but then on Avatar the other hand... Airbender, it... there were a lot more moments where they would just do something stupid for the yeah. hell of it. Because I think it's because they were younger, they had to sort of entertain themselves a bit more. Yeah. Whereas um, Team Avatar and Korra are all late teens and young adults. Edgelords, so, yeah. Edgelords, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mako. Um, <laughs> Fuckboy Mako, we love him. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, they, they both have... They're both very much one in the same, Korra and uh, Last Airbender, because they are very... They're, they're both out to do one thing, tell the story of yeah. that particular avatar, or the key moments of mm-hmm. that particular avatar. Um Aang's being the ending of the 100 year war. Yeah. Which caused genocide. Um, yeah. More genocide. <laughs> genocide. Attempted, genocide. attempted genocide. <laughs> Just lots of genocide. The Zuko. Yeah. He's still uh, searching for. Legends say still searching for Asana even to today. Um, oh. Hopefully you'll you're find cutting it. out. I missed that. I just said he's still searching for us on her. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw a post <laughs> that was like, um, "Do you think Zuko like went to see Korra and um, would like play a game where he'd chase her around and once he catches her, he'd be like, i 'I've caught the Avatar.'" Oh my god, that sounds a bit creepy, I... but yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's like Uncle Zuko <laughs> playing with. His niece, basically. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, whoa. Whoa. What? I think that'd be adorable. But yeah, book because one. Because technically, book one. Zuko... Zuko... 
and Aang are technically not related, but they are in a weird way because Roku was Suko's. Yeah. Suko's grandfather was uh, Roku. Sozin. Yeah, Roku, not Sozin, but also Sozin. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, book one. Uh, it, yeah, book one. Um, I really, if you cut out. The only issue I have with book one, one, and this episode. is everyone's issue, is uh, the love triangle, uh, which in reality isn't as egregious as I think it a is. lot of people try and make it out to be. No, yeah, no, that one episode, the yeah, one really episode pushes is it. The worst <coughs> episode of the entire series. Uh, what's it called again? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, that one episode where it says Cora going on a date, practically with Bolin, mm. and then at the end. She finds Marco at the end, episode five. edge of like a thing, runs up and she's like, oh, Marco, and then kisses him and then you turn around and it's just bowling like, <laughs> yeah. running away. Like, um, the only good thing about that episode is bowling. Yeah, Bolin's because an icon in there, and the fact that he gets so drunk on ramen funny. is also Yeah, iconic. he gets drunk on ramen water, and that's incredible. <laughs> like, it's, it's like so how, stupid. Um, why is it Spongebob gets drunk on? Ice cream. I don't know what. You know, in the SpongeBob movie, you get drunk in the first in, in, at the beginning of the SpongeBob movie, and I think it's because he's eating too much ice cream. Yeah, he's probably. A goofy goofer. Yeah, he's a goofy <laughs> yeah. goober. Um, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think if you cut that out, book one as a whole, I would argue that's one of the strongest plots. Yeah. Within a singular contained story. Mm-hmm. Amon being arguably my second favourite villain, because I don't really class Sophia... Uh, Sophia. Zahir. Kufair, Kufair, no, Kufair. I don't know why I said Sufair. You don't class her as a villain. I class her as an anti-hero. Or like, as like a... Uh, you can't see, a... but I'm rolling my eyes right now. She's a villain. She is the I antagonist of that story. She's the antagonist of that season, but she I wouldn't argue she's a villain. Because she isn't in, she isn't a villain in the sense that Suhir was, or uh, Amon was, or uh, the middle one. Unalak. Uh, yeah, were. but she was still. Like, she wasn't. The she wasn't this mustaching, twisting, going. I'm gonna three. kill the Avatar and end the world. She was. She was basically. She was a bit of a dictator. Like she was. <laughs> she was Hitler. <laughs> she was no, literally she, Hitler. She, what are you? <laughs> she wasn't literal. Well, actually, no, she was. But she, did she have internment camps? Yes. She had she? internment camps. Yes, it's okay. Fair. She had okay. Yeah. No, she, camps. she. 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 She called them re-education okay, facilities. I she was a villain. <laughs> but no, like it's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say I don't. She hold wasn't her. this like stereotypical mustache twiddling. She wasn't villain. as black and white as like the other villains arguably were. Like Zahir wasn't black and white either. I mean, so. an, he wasn't black and white until the very last episode when he gets the sock put in mouth and is like, haha, destruction! And then <laughs> <laughs> puts the sock in his mouth. But, like, I think that's a poor writing on their part. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, yeah. I, I, Amon and Suhia are probably up there. Um, 
for my favourite villains. My favourite villain in all of Avatar is Azula, and no one can argue with me otherwise. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's great. I think my favourite overall is Zaheer, to be on to be honest. Uh, or but within the franchise or within the Within the franchise. I mean I, I I like I like how Suhir isn't forgotten in book four. Yeah. And that's why I think I'd like him probably arguably on par with Amon in terms of the Korra films. Mm-hmm. Because it was like Amon did have an impact, but it wasn't as lasting as the Sahir impact, mm-hmm. which did directly yeah, book one follow is, Korra. Book one is the most disconnected from the rest of the series. But that's very every, much down yeah. to because the fact they, that they originally yeah, thought it was one season. Mm-hmm. They only thought it was going to be a one-off, but then they were and ordered then, for three more. Yeah, which it, I'm they, glad they, they thought it was going to be one-off, and then it did as good as it did, and Nickelodeon like, three more, go on! <laughs> Woo! Go ahead. And then they had, then they had to do, then they had to figure out how to make three season plot, which made sense, <laughs> and that's where we got the spirits. Um, and you see, they 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 didn't do bad in intertwining the originally one planned season plot to be brought to kind of push your first seasons yeah. along. Because uh, yeah, the thing is, I wonder if they did kind of know they were going to get more seasons because of how Korra ends, like the original season of Korra ends. Because it does end with Korra being like, oh, I know the Avatar, but obviously, if I think if they had more seasons, to, if they needed to work with more seasons, they I wonder if it would have been... a lot more of the future in that yeah, season. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if, in reality, by the end of season one, if Korra would have unlocked both her airbending and the Avatar state. Yeah, I don't think she would have. Yeah, I think um, if there was a plan, if yeah. there was a four season plan, it would have been she might have unlocked her airbending, and then mm-hmm. in season two, when like it's it when she connected with Rava, she would have gotten yeah. the Avatar state. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the thing with we'll probably get into it more later, but book two sets up a hell of a lot for book three and four. Book, book two is the cat. Book two essentially yeah. is season one to the next. Two books. Yeah. yeah, you need to look at book one as kind of like a middle. It's then... like Shrek one. Yeah, it's like uh, Shrek one. Yeah, there, there <laughs> it, is, it is. And and book two is the setup for the next one. Like it yeah. is book two is the okay. We need to acknowledge book one happened, and we need to somehow show those effects of what book one had. But we've also need to use this season as a catalyst for the next mm-hmm. two seasons, um, which. In reality, they could have probably done it in different ways, but I can't really see them doing it in a different way than they ha- ended up yeah, doing Yeah, and like, a lot of it is quite subtle as well, because yeah. some of it I didn't even realise until recently. Um, I, and I think see, I remember messaging only you about it. issue with book two in reality, besides some of the dodgy animation and for a few episodes, yeah. and a little bit of do- like wavy writing, is... Um, it kind of felt like they, they they pulled out the strongest villain, like in in a sense of like pure mm. power, straight away. Like, um, like uh, Kufera is very much the the, the reflection of Korra. Yeah, Sufira is the it like the fear Korra has mm-hmm. kind of thing, and then Fatu is literally. <laughs> Uh, he's not devil. literally uh, evil. He is not. 
No, 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 he's not. He's, he, he's the embodiment he's chaos, of chaos. But chaos isn't just evil. Chaos is yeah. all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, and it, it's it's interesting to see them play that card so soon when you it, look at yeah, it was quite, the reality of it all. It was very... Like, the stakes for that season were very high. Yeah. And like, imagine imagine the people ending. People seem to forget. <laughs> see, I always thought, were. like... How interesting. Like, I'm happy the way they did it, but imagine... I think it would have been quite interesting to see, perhaps... Imagine if book two ended with the Avatar cycle dying. And, like, it ended with that episode of the Avatar cycle dying and Korra being like, the world's ended, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then book three, it's, like, them preparing to try and, like, save the world and whatnot. Obviously... I'm not explaining it very well, but uh, and Basically, then we got the Mason series that were booked three and four, but yeah. Wait, it, you mean you wanted to kill off Korra in book two of Legend no, of Korra? No, no, no. I would have liked. It, I wouldn't. Have, I would have. It would have been interesting to see if they, if 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 they did, if they went less with kind of singular season villains, and to see what would have happened if they decided let bring in far two and. Have him be the overarching villain of the net three. Obviously, I, I, it might have dragged, which probably would have. Yeah, it would. <laughs> in all reality, but um, it would have been Vatu cool. Didn't like I. I do like him as a villain, but he was very one note. Yeah, he, he was literally. So that for three he was literally the stereotypical. Aha! I am. Yeah. I'm gonna kill everyone. Woo! <laughs> because he relished in the chaos that he caused. Yeah, yeah, and I'm happy. It's just. I just, it was very hard, and they did it very well to say that mm-hmm. within book two, they killed the Avatar cycle, literally. <laughs> yeah. Killed, almost killed Korra, and then, like, almost ended the world in, like... <laughs> One fell swoop. Two, but then yeah. completely changed the world also, because spirit yeah. portals, spirits everywhere, spirit vines, new airbenders... Yeah, uh, and that, that, what, that, that was that, that. It was that catalyst of almost ending the world and bringing in arguably mm-hmm. the strongest villain in Avatar. That set mm-hmm. up the the road for the other two seasons. Which, uh, I the one thing I liked about Kufira is that oh, we're going into book four, but it only took <laughs> a second. Tangents is that uh, I really liked at the end of book three when it was like. Oh, what's your name? And it's yeah. I and it's like, always and thought that was and really like cheesy, but I like it at the same time. And he's like Kufera, and then it, the dark music, and you're like, and, it, and, it, and at the time they didn't even like revealed Yeah, and they haven't even revealed Kufera, and I'm kind of like, why do they play really dark ominous music? What's going on? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh my god, is she like a hidden spy for like the, the, the like red lights? And they just said, like, no, she's just the villain for book four. Um... But yeah, uh, book two. I like book two because of its scope. I like book one because of how contained it is. Mm, yeah. The, and plus, like, I, I, my favorite episodes were the one episodes. To be fair. Oh yeah, the 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 beginnings episodes are yeah. incredible. Like it, art Jesus direction, Christ, the art is beautiful. I know there's a lot of people great. out there who are kind of like they shouldn't have told us, and it's like it, it, uh, it kind that's... of it's like they shouldn't have ruined the magic. I get it. Like some people feel don't like, want that ruined for. I feel like the same people that say that were also like 
asking questions like what is that like why is this like that and then the second they find out they're like hate it why'd you tell us that, yeah Stop you it. see the issue with those kind of people is that they set themselves up ahead yeah there, where it's like and then like, it doesn't oh, this, align is, this must be the answer and then when they get answered it's like that's not what i thought it was yeah. that's stupid and it's like, you shouldn't well, have told okay. it it's like, come on mate <laughs> yeah but no, i've so... never really spoken to you about this before but i just remembered that the Korra video game exists Oh, I... Just a minute. I have it on Steam. Um, I love it. Do you want to know how many hours I put into that game? How many? I, I don't know if I want to out myself like this. Do it, do it. 197 <laughs> hours. Jesus Christ. I, I would send you, I'm sending you a screenshot. I'm, to, um, uh... Let me see how much I put in. I think it's only like 60. No, 16 I put in, and I completed um, it. <laughs> to be fair, I think some of those hours were, like, mistaken hours, which kind of put on, like, hold, but... But even so, uh, 197. <laughs> I I think I was trying to 100 bit complete it, but, like, I gave up when I, I got, like, to 24 out of 30 achievements, so, you know. I love uh, that game. The only thing I find is really weird is that it's... The the antagonist is the spirits, and the equalists, and the triple threat triads yeah, working cause, together. Because isn't it like literally after book two? Yeah, it's like just after book two, yeah. and it's got all three major villains from the past two seasons working together for no fucking reason. Uh, and then, and then we to, find like, this isn't weird, the villain meant like, to be like some spirit dude? It's like some yeah, it's like some guy that's two people <laughs> yeah it's so weird we'll have, to, we'll have to do an actual podcast talk about that game because it's one of those games where i don't see it spoken about a lot yeah but and it's honestly well, i really enjoyed it and it's one of those kind of like it's just one of those fun arc it's it's literally an arcade arcade game yeah. and i love that that's what i like about it is that it's literally i could beat it up and just have like 20 minutes of just Beating people up, but yeah, yeah. We'll, oh, we'll, the bending in it is so fun. Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely make a we'll definitely talk about it in probably a separate video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about let's go back to book one then. Yeah. Out of book one, my favorite character in book one, and I think this is for a lot of people was Lin. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I think. Oh god. I yeah. think Lin is the favorite character of a lot of people throughout the entire series, but especially in book one. Uh, because she was set up as like this pure, like badass mm-hmm. kind of copy of Toph, if you get me. Like yeah. she wasn't exactly Toph, but she, you could see a lot of Toph in her. Yeah, and um, you know I love badass old lady characters. Same, same. Um, um so Lin Beifong, fuck me up, fuck well. me up. <laughs> she can step on me. Yes, yeah, go for it. So can yeah. Su Yin. But we'll get onto yeah, that in the next podcast. Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the thing that sealed a lot of people for Lin being their favorite character was the moment at the end of Book One when mm-hmm. the Equalist have made their move to, to take sacrifice. over the Republic City, and she's like, "Okay, you guys go. You're the last day of Ender's yeah. here." She jumps off the thing and she starts ripping those airships yeah. apart. And it's like, um, I love the character arc of, you like, you feel like she's a very, quite a spiteful and petty character sometimes, 
in how yeah. she acts about Tenzin and their past uh, romance, but the fact that she is <laughs> like she knows how important it is for his family yeah. to stay in, in existence and willingly sacrifice herself for that. Um, yeah, no, she's uh, she's arguably one of the most petty characters in Korra, and I'm here for it. But also, she she makes up for it for not taking mm-hmm. shit. Like, yeah. Um, I always love that right as uh, Amon takes a bending, she says, you're a monster. (laughs) 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 Stupid pun. (laughs) Subtle, stupid pun, but fantastic. Yeah, no, I I love the way that scene plays out because it... You you see Amon taking the bending Mm. of characters, but... She's like the first major, yeah. Only it, major character. The only people that, people it had been before that was like Lightning Bolt Zol and Tano, yeah, the and, uh, edgy uh, emo kid. <laughs> He's a yeah, saxophone and, player, and, apparently. Yeah. And, like they're the only uh, people we'd seen ha- it happen to before, and almost Cora, but then Lin. Well, it it oof. did happen to Cora technically. Yeah, but that was after this. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, and I think it really it, it set up the stakes. It did kind of go. Not only did Republic City falling to the Equalist mm-hmm. literally one far swoop set up the stakes, but also seeing that Cheaper one of the police. strongest benders in Republic City yeah. was that easily beaten. Well, she mm-hmm. wasn't easily beaten, but like, yeah, yeah, she gets beaten. The thing I love about Book One is <laughs> how it's basically it. The first, like, three quarters of the season is quite colourful, and, like, the colour palettes are, I, as you'd expect. But I then, love, yeah. the moment how... the Equalists take over, everything is very grey. washed yeah. out and grey and white, and it, I'm like, that's incredible. You can I, feel I the tone. How... Yeah, and I love how... Uh, I love the tone of season one, with how it does start off literally as Jakora being like, I don't... Fuck airbending. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go it's and fun. play sports and yeah. you're gonna have to deal with it. And then a mom in the background is like, prepare. <laughs> we're, we're gonna be taking over the sea in three days, so <laughs> great work guys. <laughs> Kill these benders and then Corey's like, yes, throwing rocks at this dickhead. Woo <laughs> <laughs> Uh doesn't she technically cheat? In the first, time yeah, she because she, she doesn't know the rules. She just knocks the people over the side of the match. Yeah, and, and then she's all like free bending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like, yeah. come on, Cora, you know, you know what you're not supposed to do. But there we go. Yeah, one of my other favorite uh, characters is Tenzin. Yeah, no, Tenzin is season one. I've it, I like him in season one, but he doesn't really. I didn't connect to him. Super like hard until like, season, season two. And season... No, I I it was season <laughs> two when I really grew to like Tenzin yeah. like properly, mm-hmm. but like season season three like really oh, like sealed the deal. Tenzin. It was like season season three happened and I'm like we we'll talk Tem- about that. Tenzin Tem- Tenzin but... like tough sit Lin level greatness. Uh, but yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll talk it's about like, that um, in the next one. I I love when. He's this stick in the mud character, but you know that it's just him trying to hold on to these traditions and seriousness because yeah. he's he thinks it's what's best, but in reality he also likes to have fun. 
Um, yeah, and he it, and when he's like he has, cheering Cora on accidentally. Yeah, he's got <laughs> this entire weight set up from and yeah. previously oh, yeah. of being like he's the last day, and he got to do all this. So you, mm-hmm. you need to need to carry on the traditions. Um, mm-hmm. which he does, but eventually he realizes, he, yeah, change happens, and you need to go with it. Like the entire story of uh, the one thing I like about Tennyson's story, but Quan is that he's always going on about the flow, mm-hmm. just let the air flow through you to Cora, but then he's also not letting himself yeah. kind of flow through change, natural mm-hmm. change. He's um, very stuck which, in his ways, and he learns to yeah. get out of that by about book yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, book two. By the end of book, by mid book two, I say he kind of realized. Yeah, like end of book one, he's like, yeah, time to like start moving on a bit. But yeah, book two is definitely when he really starts to see that character growth. And like, um, I, what and, I love about Cora in general is how we see, like, time changing the way bending works. Because, like, in Avatar The Last Airbender, it was very, like, strict and rigorous of how you were supposed to do it. Yeah. But it makes perfect sense for, as the world moves on and evolves, everything about the world also does the same. Because, like... If you look at how... I, I watched a video about it the other week, which was comparing, like, Toph's earthbending to Bolin's, where mm. Toph is very stood still, well, holds herself. Well, is very, pure earthbending. Yeah, it's pure earthbending. Where, where Bolin's is more modern. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Toph's yeah, yeah, is very, just... like, sturdy, holds herself grounded, strong attacks bolin because he's adapted it to uh pro bending and modeled modern day life in the city where the earth around you is a building you can't just destroy yeah. a building uh it's much more light on its feet shooting smaller rocks and that type of thing and i, I love that adaption yeah um i really like the one thing i need the one thing book one does very well with the short time it has and it being kind of set up to be this one season thing is how well it kind of defines characters and how it kind of gives each Hello. character a little arc. Like, uh, you you yeah. go from Asami being this kind there. of... Don't worry about it, it's in the recording, just carry on. Uh, you go from Asami being this... Uh, <laughs> you go from Asami being this character who kind of starts off as the stereotypical rich girl, in a sense. Like, she isn't the stereotypical rich girl that she learned to find out, but she seems like the stereotypical daddy's rich girl, and she's got all these cars, and she's... Daddy's she, little girl. She's having fun, and she's going on dates, and then we see as the season develops, and we find out her dad is part of the equalists, um, that she, she has this darker side to her, where she just kind of... You know beat people up <laughs> and I think that's one of the mm-hmm. highlights of season one especially the moment when she when she finds out that her dad is an equalist and you're kind of and you're left with that question of oh my god she put on the glove she's gonna she's gonna betray everyone and then she doesn't she 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 stays on their side which is cool and I think it sets Sami up to be a very strong character 
and it's a shame it kind of felt like she got um, sort of shifted to the side in book two, in my opinion, but she kind of regained relevance in book three and four. Um, yeah, she did quite, which is yes. upsetting, to be honest. Um, yeah. She spends book two uh, dicking about with Varric, which is fun and all, but yeah. also, like, she's a badass character. I feel like she should have spent a lot more time being that instead yeah, it, of it in, like, the last fight shame. where they go into the spirit world, she gets sent back to the yeah. water tribe. Yeah. Uh, and I think they realised that mistake, and that's why she plays a bigger role in book three, which is nice to see. Um, the exciting thing for me with book one was how good the animation was, and arguably, uh, I think it probably had one of the bigger budgets out of all three se- four seasons. And you could tell within the animation that they had time to make yeah. those animated sequences very, very mm-hmm. strong. And it has overall, in my opinion, the strongest animation out of all four books. Like, overall, its action animation is so fluid. You wouldn't... You, you could... I I wouldn't really know it was TV animation yeah. or Western TV animation. Which uh-huh. in a lot of ways it's not because it's done by... Um, it's done by Studio Mer. Yeah. Which are a Korean? Korean, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be wrong. So, uh, I, we believe they're Korean, a Korean-based uh, animation studio. Um, who didn't they start off with the last day of Ender? I think so. I can check. Well, I can check. I think they were like. I think they were like brand. I think they were like a brand new studio coming to fame, and then. The last day Bender came around and they took it out on board as their first like big project. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I could be oh, misunderstood on my uh, information. JM Animation, DR Movie. Uh, no, they didn't. Did they not? No. I must, I must be on about another animation studio then. Um, uh, so Studio yeah, did the animation for book... Well, all of Cora except for the beginning except of book for, like, two. I think it was I think like, there were like seven episodes. They didn't animate every single episode of Korra. They animated the major episodes. I think most of the major episodes were animated by Studio Mare. Uh, or the ones that are kind of well-known, kind of well-regarded in terms of animation. Yeah. Uh, they, they were the main studio that worked on Korra. Uh, I think they... Did they also work on Voltron? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which 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 is a different series entirely. But they they they, they we'll probably talk about well. it at some point because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got some opinions on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, going into we're we're at the forty minute mark. So, uh, well, thirty minute mark. Um, so out of book one, obviously you've been a while since you've watched it. Yeah. What were the key moments for you in book one? Um of course the first episode, incredible. I really yeah. like it. It sets up a lot and does it pretty well. Um, I like when Cora is moving like an airbender in 
that one yeah. sequence uh, while yeah, she's yeah. pro-banding. Very good, yeah. And then she wins the match. I really love that. See, I love the pro-banding side story. Yeah, I I, I, I also really enjoyed the pro-banding side story. And I understand why they never really showed it again. Partly uh, because it was within the restriction of their story. Yeah. But also, I wish we saw... It would have been cute maybe at like the end of book four we like saw I don't know like Bodin went back or something I don't know yeah like obviously I couldn't see nothing happened in the comics either nothing with pro bandings happened in the comic comics either which is I I I I just don't I don't think it was very well received by the larger like by the audience as a whole because it's not Avatar: Last Airbender. I just suppose I, I liked I liked it and it and it and it served its purpose in a lot of ways yeah. and I suppose bringing it into a season would made it a bit difficult. Yeah. Uh, any other moments? Uh, I've got a few. Um, but yeah, go on. Uh, Tarlock. No, Tarlock. Uh, turning out to be an, uh, a bloodbender. Oh I, yeah, I love feel yeah. is really good. Yeah. I love the speech that he gives Cora. Right before they fight, because um, yeah. that that speech is directly mirrored in what Cora says to Kavira at the end of Book Four, and I yeah. love that type of shit in shows. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, trying to think. Um, uh, the I oh I love. When the equalists are starting to take over the city and they're targeting the leaders, um, oh yeah, yeah. When Tenzin goes to work and he gets attacked, <laughs> I I love that moment. That's yeah, where the, I think um, that's... the 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 tone thing, the the washed out color palette. That's where it starts. Yeah, and it's and I think striking. That's the first major moment we see Tenzin in action. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's and incredible. It, and I think it's one of the very few times we ever see Tenzin in, like, his full, kind of... It's, like, his full bending ability. Like, yeah. you see him fight a few times throughout the series, but it's only, I would argue, around two times this being two one of them. Two times, or three. Two or three times, yeah, where you see him at his full capacity mm-hmm. and, like, full ability. um, Which is good. I really like the moment, and we spoke about it last time, um, when Korra goes to Avatar's mm. end statue after basically live on stage going, Aman, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm. <laughs> she, she she sits up there, and she's like, oh, he's not turning up, I must have scared him out of his mind, and then walks <laughs> past the door, and then she gets dragged in, and like, yeah, what you say, bitch? It's like a humbling <laughs> moment for Korra, and it's yeah, fucking yeah. terrifying. Because like, she's been brought... Yeah, and it's so great because she's been brought up with my state of, oh, I'm the Avatar. Yeah. You've literally got to deal with it kind of situation. Yeah. And it's um, like, the thing I love about Korra is that Aang, Aang um, never wanted to be the Avatar, but being yeah. the Avatar is all Korra wanted. Um, and, it's all Cora believes she yeah, is. It's all she believes yeah. she is. It's all she ever wanted was to be a really great avatar. Um, but for Ang, he didn't want to be it in a in a time where the world needed it. And Cora 
wanted to be it in a time where the world was sort of growing out of it. Like, it didn't... It was really trying to kill her. (laughs) And, like, that is... I love that about it. And that particular scene is the first time we see Korra realise that, I think. That... That sort of seed of doubt in her mind that the world needs her. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, it's it's great to see, and I think that's one of the greatest things about Cora is that you do see that development of her learning. She is more than just the avatar. Like, the avatar isn't just all she is. She she can be more than that. And you see that by the end of book four when she is like, she's gone through all this stuff. She's been through people being like, oh, we don't need an avatar anymore. Yeah, and, and she's got her new uh, haircut and she's just yeah. living her life. <laughs> uh, and, and it's very much before the moment she's walking through that spirit pool with her army in hand when she got kind of with Tempson and she's like, and, and he's like, you've done great things. And she's like, Thank you. That's that's great to know. <laughs> when yeah. when she kind of gets that, like she hasn't been a failure. Like mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of season four, and a lot of just in general throughout the seasons where she did feel like she wasn't living up to be the avatar. Um, like she set herself such yeah. high standard, which is very common within people in general. It's not just a, not just a core thing, but there's a lot of people who do tend yeah. to set these super high, unachievable standards. And it's mean, really time. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, <laughs> I'm reading you. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's really nice to see a show not only explore that, but to also kind of be like, look, it's great you set these amazing standards and all this stuff, but don't worry if you haven't achieved what you yeah. believe in greatness, because at the end of the day... You've done as much as you possibly could, yeah, and you've made great change. Like for like no one that no one's gonna go like become Korra and like save the world or anything. Like, but at the end of the day, just doing little things, um, and having that message kind of shown through Korra, yeah, was really nice to see. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Korra a bit more, uh, as mm. like. Fundamentally, as the main character, I prefer Korra to Aang because Korra is a lot more relatable. She feels a lot more human to me because she goes through those massive dips in um in like in her life in what we see. Whereas Aang always felt like this completely morally sound person who like. I don't want to say he didn't have any flaws, but he didn't have many, to be honest. And the only one was him lying in <laughs> The Great Divide, <laughs> which was so out of character. But like his, like his big issue for the last season was deciding whether or not he wanted to kill the Fire Lord, and it he then ended up coming up with a different solution. Uh, yeah, with think... the lion turtles, which is another issue that I don't quite like about the final episode of Avatar, but whatever. Um, 
Whereas Cora was. I'm just happy it's only set of issues. And I, and I know it's it's not on kind of the level of Cora, but he does. I think he, in a lot of ways, he, it, it very much, his set of issues do rely around the issue of him not wanting to be after and that's one major issue. But it's like that sprouts into many other issues. And Cora's issue is the one thing she does really want is to be the avatar and to be a great avatar and, and all her issues sprout from that um, so they are very much reflections on each other and I yeah. like to see that and it's yeah but like um, Aang's issue with being the avatar is like resolved by about episode 6 where he's like yeah I'm the avatar that's it <laughs> in, um, <laughs> I'm exaggerating there of course yeah about to but, fight you like at some point he just it feels like it doesn't come up again, and then his only major major issue is I don't want to kill the Fire Lord. You see, I, I feel like it does come up quite. It it comes up. It's very much book one's thing is he doesn't want to be the Avatar, and then he realizes by the end of book one that it, it, it's what he just got to be the Avatar. Without the Avatar, the world is gonna go to shit pretty much. And then book two, he he, he sees how scary he is in the Avatar state. And by the end of book two, he's becoming to terms with, like, him being the full avatar and really trying to understand what it is to be an avatar. And then book two, obviously, you get lightning in the back. And then book one, book three, it literally starts off with him going, I've failed everyone. Everyone thinks I'm dead. Like... Mm. Ang does have a lot of issues, uh, and I, I I know that's not what you're saying. Uh, but it, it it's Ang and Cora have a lot of issues in very different ways, and I yeah. suppose Cora's issues are more human. I would argue emotional issues and yeah. issues people can kind of understand in a sense. And Ang's issues are more kind of chosen one issues. Yeah. If you get me, very mm-hmm. much. I'm the, it's very much the, oh, I'm the only one who can save the world. I'm the only one who can do this. And it's very issues. much, I'm the only one who would have these issues. If you know what yeah. I mean. Like. That doesn't mean he's not a relatable character. Because there are some aspects of that are relatable. But he is very much the stereotypical Harry Potter, Luke yeah. Skywalker, basic hero character basic people white can boy. impose <laughs> themselves onto. Yeah. If you get me. Which I didn't do, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think Cora's struggle was a lot more real uh, and relatable to me, mm. which I like a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, so you, book I I like book two book one. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I like book one's ending, uh, like the very end and how dark it is in reality for a kid show, arguably with how like yeah it's Tarlock and Unalak. Oh yeah, Tarlock and Amon. Tarlock and Unalak. Yeah, Tarlock and Amon. Noah Tark. Noah Tark. There we go. On the boat, riding away from Republic City. And Tarlock says something, I can't remember, isn't it? Like, Unilock's like, not Unilock. Uh, Amon is talking about how they can go and live their life. Start now. a new life, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, it'll be great as this hand Boom. goes there for the fuel tank. And then 
explosion. And it really kind of, it is that bittersweet kind of ending where as much as Tarlock throughout book one was set up as kind of like this secondary villain, mm-hmm. yeah. he, he understands that they can't really it. they can't really start anew yeah like they, there's they no just way can't. It, it's bittersweet but I think he did what was best for both of them um, because yeah. if the moment either of them are found they're both going to rot in a, in a cell like yeah like they, it, it's not like, and it's sort it would have, it would have literally been them repeating the mistakes of their father. Cause yeah, their father literally ran away from the mm-hmm. so he had his entire life changed. But then he had kids and decided to throw his issues onto his kids. And yeah. I suppose for Tarlock, he kind of realized that, and he was like, "It's just going to be repeating the cycle." And that mm-hmm. was a lot of the sort of that's kind of the major theme well. of Korra is. Trying to stop a repeating cycle. Yeah. Like, like literally the book two is about the cycle <laughs> of... Yeah, <laughs> the Avatar cycle. But book two is literally, oh, there's this issue that um, one kind of sorted but didn't. He kind of put it in a tree and decided to leave it there. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's now your issue. And then yeah. book three is like, the Red Lotus and we're here to kill the Avatar. Ooh. And then book four is... Book four and it's kind of... <laughs> Balance to that cycle. Stop. Book four is sort of about. Um, it's ba- it, book four is sort of what um, Zahir sort of wanted, like out with the old and in with the new. By the end of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Um, there's no more monarchy at the end of book four. Uh, Kuvira's reign is over. And it's like new for the comics, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, so he wanted he wanted chaos out of that, but it, it book four was kind of trying to bring balance to that yeah, chaos. In a yeah, sense. Or like the, the the things happened in book four happened because of Zahir mm-hmm. in book. And Zahir so did get what he wanted. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's very long-winded, but he did. He ended up. It ended up becoming. It probably wasn't a success. Not exactly. He ended of up. But yeah, Chorus it was a close. But... Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a way, I feel like in book four, he kind of realized, sort of, the importance of the Avatar. Mm. Like I feel like he never, never, like, didn't. I feel like he. I feel like he did understand the. Importance of the Avatar, but I feel like book four when he, the Avatar when Korra went to visit him was very much when it felt like he kind of like yeah yeah <laughs> I you still know he want to kill you <laughs> but also you got to stop Kuvira <laughs> yeah <laughs> like pushing his hair behind his ear like you know just do it <laughs> um, okay now let's meditate and bring you back Rafa yeah cool yeah <laughs> um, I was gonna say it's, oh. <laughs> It might just be my biases, but the one thing I don't like about book one is Makora. 
Yeah, but no one liked Mako Cora. I thick. know, but like... <laughs> Makora with the biggest it, mistake of Cora. <laughs> it really dampens it, like the ending, whenever I remember that the person that consoled Cora at the end was Mako. Should, should we, like, oh, should we, uh, sakes. Should we re-edit it and like... Have a uh, Sami there. <laughs> a Sami there, yes. Yes. <laughs> Please. Just reanimate that entire sequence. Just a Sami like, ooh. <laughs> um... But yeah, like uh, we're we're running almost out of time, so let's yeah. get to book two. I mean, um, we can start off with the Makora issue is also there in book two. Yeah, book two <laughs> is also got the Makora issue, but book two is but trying to put the Makora issue to bed. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it does start with. <laughs> oh, I'm just remembering Cora and her thing with sides. Whose side are you on? <laughs> <laughs> and sh- I'm flipping a table and smacking oh, yeah, Mako. Oh like, yeah, the police place. Yeah, Um, book two. Okay, iconic moments from book two. The most iconic moment, in my opinion, is the twins. <laughs> oh, Desna uh, and Asuka. Yeah. I wow. I just realised the the other day that she's voiced by oh, what's her name? Oh, hold on. Um, Asuka, voice actor. She's voiced by Aubrey Plaza, who's an icon. Like, I love Aubrey Plaza. I didn't realise she was voiced by her. But, like, the way I was introduced to Aubrey Plaza... Like, of course, I'd seen her in films and stuff before. Uh, I'll show you who it is, by the way. You probably don't know. Was she, like, Pearl? <laughs> no, no, no. But she was on. She was a guest judge on Drag Race. And oh, when, oh she, God, really? when oh. she was introduced, like, when RuPaul introduced her, she said... This is the best day of my life. I'm killing myself tomorrow in the most monotone, <laughs> monotone voice. <laughs> I was like, who the hell are you? But I love you. Uh, no, yeah, that's iconic. But yeah, Nesna <laughs> and Esna are the most iconic thing from book two. Um, it's just the bowling, the bowling with... like, show, the bowling, like, things. The movers. Yeah, the movers, they're iconic, but also I could live with that. Yeah, like, uh, it's very is much also the B-plot. Varric is one of my favourite characters. Varric is the best character introduced in book two. Yeah. You literally um, just said Desna and Eska were, but go off. Yeah, no, no, but they're, <laughs> but they're iconic only in book two. Like, they, they turn up in book they three. They were also iconic in book three. And four. Yeah, but they're only, but they're only in it for, like, two seconds. Yeah, but they're also, like, incredible in those two seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried uh, to kill Cora once. It happens. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, I wonder when the elephant and he's like, I used to hunt the avatar once, like, I tried to kill it too. <laughs> no, Zuko's like, I-, I once hired someone with a similar ability to hunt the avatar. It didn't uh, work. yeah, because it's, uh, <laughs> it combuskin ladies. It's, it's it? plea, yeah. 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 Um... Book two, yeah, uh, it's. I I really like book two. I, I know it's called book two spirits, but I like how spiritual it is. Yeah, as <laughs> stupid as that sounds. I like that it delves um, a lot more into that because we hadn't seen yeah. any of that really except until that point. And I love the I spirit suppose, world. I suppose the early character, and I, I I get why they didn't bring them in, and it's kind of more of a more of kind of like a. I would have loved to see this character back, and if that, it would have been, uh, Ko? Ko? Ko, Ko? the face stealer. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I would have loved to see him simply because he was iconic and like the five minutes scene he was in. <laughs> I mean, at least we then. at least we saw Wangshi Tung in the library. Oh, uh, Wangshi Tung. That was incredible. Was amazing. No, yeah, and uh, also let's not forget um, Iroh was also iconic. Yes. Yeah. I love Iroh. Not to be confused with General Iroh, who has uh, Zuko's voice actor in book one. Oh, uh, yeah, I forget, I keep forgetting I forget that he Iroh. was there, yeah. but, like, let me just take a tangent just to talk about how I find it so weird that he, he's, like, a grown-ass man with the voice of a teenager. <laughs> 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 like, I get it. Bring back Dante I mean, Basco. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dante. Uh, Dante Basco, yeah. Dante Basco sounds literally like Zuko. It's yeah, just it's his voice. it's just Zuko's voice, but on a grown ass man. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it, I, I understand why you did it, but also why? Because <laughs> it it takes me out of it a bit when I watch season one. Yeah. But yeah, Iroh in book two. I love he, Iroh so much. It's just Iroh. Like, it, it's just it's just more Iroh. Like, he has handed down the best character from the entire Avatar series, and yeah. I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Um, was, was it in this book where he was, he approached um Yeah, Quora, when he approached Tencent like, and... No, wasn't it approaching Oh, uh, when, when Korra like, turns into, like, Kid Korra, me. and he's like, yeah. Don't hurt me. Yeah. And, and, he, and then he's like, like so this is your cute. teapot or something. Oh, and it's probably... Do you think Iroh and Korra met before this? Before Iroh died? I pro- they probably didn't. I doubt. I very much doubt it, yeah. I want you to believe. Iroh was like 60 in the Avatar Latte series. I just thought that, so. like, imagine if it's Iroh seeing Korra how he last saw her. As, like, I, a young also... kid. But, like, like, in my head, Iroh dies when he's, like, 400, okay? (laughs) Because Kiyoshi (laughs) can do it, Iroh can do it. Yeah, he can do it, too. I I like (laughs) to think that, um... I'm pretty certain there's a fan comic out there, but you know when Korra is, like, to Suka, like, yeah, so... Young Korra. Yeah. He's, like, where in the spirit world? And then I like to think that Suka goes to search for him. I'm pretty certain there's a spirit... I'm pretty certain there's a fan comic that, that shows that. It's, like, he goes into the spirit world and he finds Iroh. It's Which so is cute. iconic, yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Oh, one of my favourite characters from uh, book two that were introduced, uh, Kaya. Oh my god, she was introduced she was in book, introduced two, wasn't in book she? two, I adore Kaya. Kaya's and I wish iconic. she was utilised more throughout the show. Yeah, she was only really had... I only feel like there was one point where her waterbending was really showing yeah. off. Yeah, like that was against points, her here. But... Yeah, like, um, I feel like when she was really showed off for, like, her yeah. worth was against the here, but then you could also argue that she did kind of show her worth when she was fighting against the uh, armless waterbender. You yeah. don't know names, do you? <laughs> I, I can't remember birthdays. Don't try and remember names. <laughs> yeah, Minghua um, versus her was great, but, like, I mainly remember her from fighting Sahir that one time when she recognised him. Yeah. And, like, I love her story from... Oh, well, it was... It's sort of her and Boomy's story in book two, yeah. where they're trying to get Tenzin See, I... to come to terms with the fact that Avatar Aang really wasn't that great a dad. Yeah. And it's bad no, of me yeah, to say, but I love that he wasn't that great a dad. 
No, yeah, I liked how it added that. Um, it adds more that, of a that bit, that him. bit of like, like a character flaw that I was bit looking for. That bit of bit of sweetness that I was looking for in Avatar: the Last Airbender. Because uh... to me, he comes off as such a perfect character to me. In uh, last, I feel like you just have. I feel like you just have. Thing against that. Maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> but like, it it always bothers me how people idolize him so much, and I'm mm. glad that they did that to his character to give him that little bit of he isn't perfect because he needed that. He yeah. really needed that. Um, and oh, then yeah. that also like makes one of my favorite moments in book two is when boomy's talking to the statue of ang yeah, and he's like yeah. sorry i didn't grow up to be the end that you wanted me to be and then in book no, three yeah. he does and i cry but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i love ang's kids i really love yeah. Ang's kids and i want to make a fan comic about Ang's kids. is the sweetest grandma katara um... is amazing Yep. Loki, greatest grandma in the, sh- in the show? Um, um no. Lynn. <laughs> yeah, but Lynn is a grandma. Suyin. <laughs> Toph, sorry. Toph, Toph yeah. Is... Okay, yeah, maybe Lynn is Toph basically is. a grandma. But okay. technically, oh yeah. Lynn is basically see... a grandma. She's like, like a grandma sur- mixed with an edgy grandma. teenager. Yeah. <laughs> She's like... Is... Babysits uh, Milo, Janora, and Icky. She's basically a grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you got me there. For... <laughs> um... Grandma isn't like a, uh, a physical thing, it's like a state of mind. And she's a grandma, okay? <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, Alright, so book two, it definitely has its moments, and I think the most impactful moment throughout the series, and it was one of the moments when it happened. I'm happy it did have a lasting effect, but we knew it wasn't going to be one of those moments where it would be, like, lasting forever, was mm. when Korra had the avatar ripped, yeah. uh, rather ripped rather out, of her. out of her. And I liked how the destruction, the killing of the past avatar's life cycles was a permanent mm-hmm. thing. Um, so do I. And I really feel like that was the point when it the show kind of went, we're not the last airbender. Yeah. Stop expecting Ang to come uh-huh. in, yeah. and like, like he came in. I think that book two was the last time we ever saw Ang in character. I don't. Th- it was definitely wasn't the last time he was ever mentioned, but I think it was the last time we ever saw his character. Where did we see that? When oh yeah, they're Tenzin. in the fog, and he's like, Tenzin, yeah. and yeah, and he kind of turns up. He's like a Tenzin, blah blah blah. Um, and it was nice to see that that was a permanent thing, mm-hmm. and it was nice to see. What it would be like for the uh, avatar without the avatar state. Um, yeah. And my question is with it was never really brought up, but I imagine it was the case was when the avatar state was ripped out of her, did Cora also lose her bending? No. She was still able to. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but we, ne- we, we never saw her bend after that point. So I, I swear we did. Did we? Yeah. I- I don't think we did, but one of us are wrong. <laughs> I feel like I remember uh, seeing her, because like, I remember yeah. thinking, why, how come she can still use all four of her elements 
when Rava's not in her. Because one had an issue with controlling all four at once. Yeah. And I remember thinking that, but I guess maybe she didn't even bend after that. I don't think she did, no. Shit. Because, yeah... I I I also she just like bent big, her entire I like energy. I like I like I like chunky Cora. <laughs> um, I people. I like it. I like when I like when it comes out of there and then uh, um, Boomy is like, "What did you say in that?" Drink? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like people go on about how they don't like the giant fight in Republic what, City. Kaiju, the kaiju, the kaiju fight. fight but I'm yeah. like, I loved it. I, I really great. liked it. And then it. and then when and then when. Uh, um, Nora, 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 Genora, Genora, uh, went all Jesus and like yeah. <laughs> appeared. <laughs> oh, but I I mentioned this the last time we recorded this, but I think it's so funny that I didn't, I I accidentally skipped the last episode. Oh, you know, you skipped the first that time entire I watched episode. it. <laughs> Somehow I just completely glazed over it. Um, wow. And then I, I love, only found I love, out. I just imagining you just sat there and be like, oh. No, the thing is, I was living Not for it. <laughs> no, like I, I still, I understood what was happening because of the Shino, uh, uh, what's his name, Shiro Shinobi, at the start of book three, where he does his previously. Yeah, yeah. I understood that. <laughs> um, like I understood I, what was going on, and I just sort I was of saw. You never went back. I did. I did. I, I in that flashback. Like previously, I just saw um, Unavatu sort of fading off into the distance, like <laughs> nothing. And I just assumed that at some point he just exited reality. <laughs> and I, I just, I was like, yeah, that makes sense with my fantasy. And I you're, carried you're like, on. You're like, you're like same. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I only noticed that I skipped the episode when I got to book four, the clip show episode. Where Varric oh, gives yeah. his mover the, idea, the, and it shows scenes that. from that with um yeah oh who's oh <laughs> it's got Bolin's face on Cora's body <laughs> and Janora has butterfly wings oh um, yeah, yeah yeah and I was like where the hell did this come from and then I went back and I was like oh oh Yikes. okay I missed an episode. Uh, it, the one thing Cora does really great, and Avatar in general just does it really great, is the music. Oh god, Jeremy Zuckerman. Like, Jeremy Zuckerman, it holy shit. It carries so much of the show in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. It's incredible. It really so. is. Yeah, there was a time in like 2015 where all I'd listen to is Jeremy Zuckerman's Last Airbender and Legend of Korra Sweets. Which is like ten yeah, minutes no, of that, just that, that's, the music. That's us drawing every breakdown at you. Yeah, <laughs> pretty like, certain it was. It was we were so I would be sat good. in your bed drawing uh-huh. on like some shit tablet where you use your big tablet. Yeah, just listening to the Avatar last day of the suite, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we did it constantly when working yeah. on the Lone Commando short film. Yeah, which we, I think we're hoping to spruce it up a yeah, little bit to the general release. Um, but like. Oh, I don't know. I feel like we should wrap up soon. Alright, I'll, I'll wrap up quick then. I'll do a I mean, well, what, what, um, what would you rate the first Yeah, that's seasons? what I was going to say. So, yeah, what would you rate it? Out of ten. 
Um, if I'm remembering my ratings from the first time recording it correctly, sorry. If if I remember my ratings from the first time we recorded this correctly, I think um, you gave it like a seven or. I think I gave book one a seven and then book two an eight. I've didn't I gave book for me book one is a nine and book two was a eight. Um, but that but in reality, I hold most books. Korra seasons on the same level. Yeah. But if I was to rank them, like, yeah, that's what they would be. Yeah. For me, it just gets better and better. Yeah. Um. No, yeah. Korra in general, just Avatar in general, it's just really good. Mm-hmm. Um. I suppose to wrap up the podcast is that we'll just quickly dip into the news. Uh. Oh. That news. Oh. Um, about the what we'll, we'll do just a quick opinion on how you feel about the news of Brian and Michael? Yeah, Mike and Brian. Mike and Brian uh, exiting the Netflix live-action show after having disagreements with Netflix. Mm. We did We did record a thing We did record this, a thing, but, but we, <laughs> it would have never done. <laughs> yeah, we didn't post uh, it. Yeah, um, with me. It's been a uh, weird apologies. few weeks. Um, but... Ugh. I, it's, it's very, I'm still quite disheartened about it, because the main thing that was making me really excited for the live action series was the fact that those two were a part of it, and seemingly running things, Um, and to hear that Netflix didn't make big on their promise to uh, Mm. give them their vision is really upsetting to me. Yeah, it's... Um, it, it, uh, you, you know my opinions on it. It's. Uh, it, I think it's... It's. Sh- I'm sad to hear, and it is a shame to lose the creators of the Avatar Last Airbender um, from the show. And as much as they're saying they're never going to come back to it, I wouldn't be surprised, dependent on how this first season goes, and mm. Netflix... There's so many people out there saying it... Netflix are going to ruin it. Netflix are going to destroy it, which is possible. It's very it's possible. It's completely possible, yeah. But it's absolutely possible that it could also be the greatest thing ever made, which, likely, it's not going to be the greatest thing it ever made. It won't be. But it, it, it's very much possible it's not going to be bad. Like, mm-hmm. it may It'll very much never... I don't think, even if Mike and Brian were working on it, that it would ever live up to the standard of the original like uh, animated series. Yeah. And I, I, I've always kind of said I never really saw the point in remastering the oh, la- yeah. Avatar last uh, like, in the series. But it's a shame to I, hear it. Normally I absolutely despise live-action versions of animated things because it's yeah. it's like people are trying to make but, animation palatable yeah. for adults, which is so Literally. stupid because it's um, already palatable for adults. People just it don't see it because of society. Me... But that for... so many people. Sorry, sorry. Um, I was just it... gonna say, but for Avatar, I wanted this series because we need a do-over. Yeah. Like the train wreck that was Midnight Shyamalan. That was the yeah. Like Midnight we needed Bar-Man. a do-over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it feels like we're not gonna get it, that, and it, it's just gonna it, get be a repeat. It, it upsets me that people are already on the boycott bandwagon. Yeah. Because 
at the end of the day, what people need to think about is if this show ends up being good but bombs, it doesn't matter how good it could potentially be. If it bombs, it won't. Get Netflix more. won't. Netflix won't renew it. Mm-hmm. And if Netflix doesn't renew it, it lowers the chances very exponentially yeah. low for us to ever get a sequel or prequel to the original animated series. Yeah. The like, more like cause... the the less this series does in viewings yeah. and subscription numbers, the worse the less likely we're gonna get enough animated yeah. series. Like the the hope for me was that it would be incredible and then there'd be Netflix would which just it, okay. Which, which a is bunch still more. very much could yeah, be. Yeah, it could be. But I was laying a lot of that hope in the fact that Mike and Brian were there. <laughs> mm. um, and that's sort of diminished now because obviously they're yeah. not anymore. Um, um, and yeah, and it's a real big change to hear that. And it's one of those things where it didn't it come. There have been some reports. I'm not totally sure if they're factually true or not. I don't think but like, I remember sending you something. Yeah, and, I, and I don't it was think kind it was. of like. Yeah, it wasn't in true. case they're not true, take everything I'm about to say with a very large grain of salt, because we believe they might not be true. But an industry insider, you can't see me, but I'm doing the quotation marks, um, <laughs> uh, came out and was yeah. like, it was to do with money, casting, and something else? Making the show darker? You keep cutting or out something. for me, by the it way. It was along those lines. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said it was to do with the show, the financing casting and making the show darker you cut out again (laughs) are you having internet issues hello no Uh, are you sure um well yeah i'm not having internet issues yeah we'll 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 set up then We'll, we'll we'll wrap up so thank you guys for watching no yeah yeah say what you were saying Say what you were saying. I, I was just saying uh, it was to do with casting, financing, and making the show darker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which, if that's true, it's really surprising to me, actually. Especially the casting thing. Because, the um, casting thing, I, yeah. I, I don't it's... think it's true, but... Netflix supposedly wanted to cast white actors, or no, they wanted to have the option to cast white actors, which is something that Mike and Brian didn't want, because that was a huge issue in the first, in uh, the last Airbender movie, was that the three main characters, who are all not supposed to be white, were casted as white characters. See, uh, I white, wouldn't white get angry. Like, it wouldn't characters. bother me if it was an odd side character, okay? As long as the main cast, the main core cast being the, yeah, the main characters the, and all the main the thing core is side probably... characters. So, that even meaning Boomy, um, the Swordmaster, can't think of the name off the top of my head. Uh, the Firebending Master, can't think of the name off the top of my head. Um, Jong Jong? Uh, yeah. Uh, as long as the main core characters, yeah, and the Cabbage Man, the Cabbage Man cabbage is man. within that. There's calls for the uh, <laughs> the voice actor of the Cabbage Man to come back to play the Cabbage Man, and oh, I'm please. fully down for that. Like <laughs> as long as the core cast, yeah, are the correct ethnicity, mm-hmm. but I like... don't mind if there's a side 
character added or if it's just a background character here and there. Yeah, if it's like a one-off episode where they couldn't really they couldn't find a correct actor and they just Go needed to fill it, a spot. Yeah. If, as like, long as Ang, Katara, Suko, etc., 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 are the but correct the ethnicity. Is, if, if that's if what the report is saying is true, then they're trying to cast for bigger roles to mm. be white, which because I I don't know yeah. how casting actually and, works, but I imagine that it's not as rigorous as that when it comes to background characters. So yeah, no, background that, characters are very much they yeah, just kind of do it's a very call. Much like <laughs> yeah, call, casting call. Hello, um, background characters come yeah. in. You can be in, in the film, but it I would probably have been. Um, yeah, and Netflix is kind of proofing themselves, in my opinion. Obviously, they've made mistakes. Every studio have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. That they are very good when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah. They have made a lot of media where it is mm-hmm. very much correctly casted and it is supporting ethnicity, sexualities, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I think I could see being a very likely issue was the financing. Yeah, which, yeah. Coming from someone who was a producer in student films, very much student films, I'm not very <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not a producer. Um but coming from that side of thinking, it's understandable if Netflix were to be like Here's your set of money. Mm-hmm. We cannot put any more down in case this first season flops. Yeah. As much as the animated series are doing bomb on Netflix right now, there's no guarantee, even if Brian and Mike were doing it, mm-hmm. that the live action series would do any good. Mm-hmm. And I think Netflix, if it was a financing issue, we're not willing to put any more money down. And I can only imagine they put a lot of money down as it is. Yeah. Like, it sounds like Netflix are very much wanting this show to do great. Like, they don't want it mm-hmm. to flop, and I think they are just... I think they are also slightly taken back by the fact that Mike and Brian have stepped back. Yeah. Because they... Not only do they know that's going to cause a bit of backlash on them, but also... I think when they did say they wanted to support their efficient, it wasn't necessarily a lie. Maybe it was more of a kind of. I I wonder if they had kind of they didn't know how far they were willing to go with that, and mm. maybe Brian and Mike they they should have been a bit more um, translucent to Brian and Mike when they were saying things like that. Yeah. Um. They should have because. Yeah. To to people like us, it seems like they just lied about that. Yeah, and the darker thing, I remember, I remember it saying something about sex scenes. Ooh, oh. No, but I am fine like, with darker. It's like content. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent down for a darker. Spin if it, on if, if if the darker content is simply, if it's like simply, didn't I read something about aged up characters? I don't mind that either, but as long as they're not like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> if it's but like, like aging Ang up two years or four yeah. years or whatever. If it's aging old to like sixteen odd, I'm fine with that. <laughs> like yeah. it's understandable. Finding the correct age child actors is very difficult, mm-hmm. and child actors are, in a lot of ways, notoriously pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Stranger Things got very lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it like, got very lucky. I'm, uh, I'm fully here for like a darker retelling of Avatar if it delves yeah. a bit more deeper into drama and that type of it, yeah. Stuff. If it's like darker in but, the sense of like exploring the genocide aspect, exploring the trauma uh-huh. aspect. If it means like when people are firebending, they're actually getting like burnt marks mm-hmm. on them. <laughs> like I'm here for that. I'm, I'm and down if, for that. But if it's yeah. just trying to make people have sex on screen if it if it's I'm if it's katara misun if it katara misunderstanding the secret tunnel um Ugh. yeah <laughs> God. Uh, kidding uh but yeah i think i think that's everything as we said that that news could very much be fake i haven't fact checked mm. that um i it was just something you said i, I don't think so. it's i don't think it's real from what yeah people it, it, on the financing thing could very much be a possibility yeah. in re- reality and all of it could have a slight. It, all of it could have very little truth to it. Like mm-hmm. it's it, if it's not true, it could be a very good estimate of what the case is. Like it to go to kind of what you would expect issues mm-hmm. to be, but it could be it could be different issues. We don't know unless like Brian Netflix and things directly come out and say, or till the show comes out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Well, we're doing book three and four in a few in weeks' time. A few weeks' time, end of September, give or take. Yeah. Um, I think the next one's going to be Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. Next week we're doing Star Wars. Next week after that, Phineas and Ferb. Oh wait, no. Next one is Phineas and Ferb. Then it's no. Star yeah, Wars. Phineas and Ferb. Uh, yeah, we're doing Phineas, Phineas and Ferb. Ferb the movie, movie comes out today. <gasps> oh. <laughs> 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 and then we're doing Star. Uh, then it's Star Wars, then it's Steven Universe. Um, and we're yes. excited to do this. I'm very excited for Steven Universe. Because we're getting yep. Rihanna in to do it. Uh, yeah, we're getting Rihanna in. She's, she's be fun. joining to cry yeah. about uh, gay space rocks for an hour. Please, I'm here for it. So, if you enjoyed this, guys, you know what to do. Um, if you're on Spotify, obviously follow for updates on when new podcasts come out. If you're on YouTube, uh, comment below. Let us know what you thought and your opinions on Cora. I would love to hear. And. Also subscribe and press that like button. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links in oh, bio. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram links down below in the YouTube comments. Uh, Spotify uh, and any of the audio listening sites. It is DNG underscore studios in general, I believe. So yeah. just, just search those and hopefully you'll find us. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you. And we'll see you next time. Speak you later. Bye. Bye.